0: I do think there is incredible power in confronting the parts of yourself that you want to make better, the parts of yourself that you don't like. If you can't face it, you can't fix it. And so today I thought, well, what if I shared with you the things that I am working on because I do not like them about my heart, my spirit, the way that I show up in the world and maybe talk you through what they are and what my process is and how I work to fix them. Because maybe if I normalize, that it's okay to find issue with yourself And maybe if I show you that finding issue with yourself is more about the parts that I want to evolve, not the way that I want to change based on what the world says that a woman should be or do or act like or look like or any of that, maybe that would help you because what I want you to hear about me and this process for me is I don't feel shame about any of these things. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. Hey guys, it's th- my name's Rachel. I I know my own name. That was hilarious. I'm just going to take another quick sip of this espresso. And we're going to try this one more time. My name is Rachel, and I am the host of the Rachel Hollis podcast. And I'm here to chat. So thank you so much for joining me, whether you are watching on YouTube or listening wherever you get your podcasts. I'm grateful that you're here, and. I'm excited about today's conversation because I think it's interesting and funny and important. And also, I just feel like I'm chatting with my friends about stuff. I am batching episodes of the show today. And if you want, you can listen. And actually, next week's episode is all about how I create my content, where I get ideas from, and how I actually implement those ideas and and get them down and put them out into the world, whether that's a book, a podcast like this episode, my Sunday email, just basically all my content. So that's coming next week. But when you listen to it, you'll understand that I batch episodes. So I do, I try and do multiple episodes of the show in the same day so that I can free up other days to do other things. That being said, I have recorded a bunch today and I really wanted to get one more episode. I felt like I had one more episode in my heart, but I was like, I just kind of want to talk, but I want to talk about something that I hope will be helpful. And here is what popped into my brain. I was thinking about the movie, 10 Things I Hate About You, which is classic. I mean, Heath Ledger, beautiful. We had never seen a movie like that when it came out. I'm sure that I was going to say kids today, but you're not kids, are you? There's lots of you who are in your 20s. Like when I was a teenager, that movie came out and I had never seen anything like it before. And I loved it so much. And I didn't even understand that it was based on The Taming of the Shrew. I just I just adored everything about it. That being said, the title is so iconic. And that moment in when, at the end, if you haven't seen it, she's like, has to read a poem or she has to write something or whatever, but she writes this list of the 10 things that she hates about this guy. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry if you haven't seen that movie. I think it's like 25 years old or something. So (laughs) if you don't know that moment, um, my apologies. Uh, anyway, this this is not the point. The point is she makes this list of all these things that she hates about him. And what you realize as she's reading is she doesn't actually hate anything about him at all. She loves him blah blah blah. What it made me think of was what are things instead of like things i hate about you, what are things i hate about me? Okay, now hold on. I actually won't use the word hate cuz i don't hate anything about myself. But what are things that i dislike about myself? Now, this might seem wild, and if you think that i'm about to be like cellulite. No girl, we are not, we do not do that here. I freaking love every, I was at the gym the other day and I was at the gym. The group I was with was a bunch of like my boyfriend and like a bunch of boys in their early twenties. And I looked in the mirror at one point, I was wearing shorts. It was like leg day and I was working out with them. And I looked in the mirror at one point and I, my legs, I have cellulite cause I'm a human being with cellulite on my body. And there was like this ghost of Christmas past that was like, no, not in front of these boys. And then I was like, you know what, though? I'm going to be 40 next year and I look good. And these boys wish they could. I just like hyped myself back up. This is not a conversation about disliking the way you look or anything like that. It's not the typical stuff, but I do think there is incredible power in confronting the parts of of yourself that you want to make better, the parts of yourself that you don't like. If you can't face it, you can't fix it. And so today I thought, well, what if I shared with you the things that I am working on because I do not like them about my heart, my spirit, the way that I show up in the world, and maybe talk you through what they are and what my process is and how I work to fix them. Because maybe if I normalize that it's okay to find issue with yourself, and maybe if I show you that finding issue with yourself is more about the parts that I want to evolve, not the way that I want to change based on what the world says that a woman should be or do or act like or look like or any of that, maybe that would help you. Because what I want you to hear about me and This process for me is I don't feel shame about any of these things. There are parts of myself that I don't like that I know can be better, but I don't feel shame about that. I sometimes feel daunted by it. I sometimes feel discouraged because I'm like, God, I cannot believe we're still working on the same issue 20 years later. But I don't feel shame and I feel empowered by holding awareness of what. I can do to help myself evolve. Uh, my friend Tom Billu, I, I think I've quoted this quote of his so many times. He always says that he stares nakedly at his inadequacies, which is very intense and very Tom, if you are familiar with him and his work. But I, well, I wouldn't say it like quite that harsh. I do think that he's a really powerful voice in this area for me, because he believes that if you will look at the parts of yourself that you want to make better, you'll actually make them better. What most human beings do is they know something's wrong and they ignore it. They know something's wrong and they numb themselves to it. They know something's wrong and they move really fast. They don't have to deal with the fact that they don't like this thing. Or maybe they, you know, maybe you try and like develop yourself really, 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 really well in another area because you're like, I don't want to face the fact that I do this and I know it's wrong. So I'll just get really good at this thing over here. And then everyone will focus on the good thing I did instead of this. So there's incredible power, I think, in being honest with yourself about what you need to work on. And that's what the conversation is about today. So let's start with. A big thing that I don't like about myself, but that I am working on and that I actually made it my goal to work on it this year. A big thing that I don't like about myself is that I can be a weenie. Like I am really scared of things that kind of don't make sense to me that I'm scared of. I could go stand on state, literally, you could call me right now and be like, Rachel, we have 20,000 people waiting in arena in Honolulu. They need a motivational speech. I'm telling you with zero preparation, I would go over there, no fear. In my exact outfit I'm wearing, my vintage bird t-shirt that I found at a flea market a couple weeks ago, (laughs) I would roll over there and kill it and have no fear about that. I know there are people who the idea of speaking in front of one person is debilitating. Me, 20,000 people, no problem. But I am genuinely afraid of things that other people don't like. If, I Cold water. Cold water. Look, that's you're like rolling your eyes. You're like, no. Yeah, I really do. It's so uncomfortable for me. And I Side note, secretly believe that it's so uncomfortable because it doesn't align with my dosha, which you could go look up Ayurvedic medicine. My dosha does not like cold things. And I think I might have been a lizard in a past life. Just stick with me for a second because I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's going to get more ridiculous or start to make more sense, one or the other. But I hate cold water. I hate the feeling of. I just have such a visceral response to it. And this has kept me from doing so many things getting in the pool with my kids, going into the ocean. I'm terrified of the ocean, right? Like I love Hawaii. I get in to the water up to my knees. Like my whole family has to talk me into getting up to maybe my neck. Years ago, we came to Hawaii and we went swimming with dolphins. We didn't go swimming with dolphins. I don't even know how to do that. We got in the water and there were dolphins. And I remember, I'm talking about it right now and my heart is pounding out of my chest, but I remember putting the goggles on and just, I was on the surface of the water and I literally just put my head down and looked in the water and I could see like hundreds of dolphins lower in the water. Just the thought of how deep that water it, it is petrifying to me. I am just, I'm so scared of so many things and it prevents me from doing a lot of stuff that seems fun. I'm afraid of like skiing is terrifying for me because it, it seems so fast skateboarding anything that involves like going fast just stuff that i don't know i i i think growing up my family what they were pretty scared of that and so they gave it to me and there's a lot of stuff i never did and so the the unfamiliarity of it is is makes me nervous but anyway at the top of this year, literally on New Year's Day, I was with my boo and we were in Cornwall, which is on the water in England. It was freezing. And I was looking out over the bluffs. So I was looking out over the ocean. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day are like sacred days in my life. They're so important and they always have been. I love like visioning, envisioning a future and what am I gonna do and who am I gonna be in? This was the first year that I really didn't, I didn't set a goal. I didn't Lay out a plan. I looked out over the water and it sort of came from my soul. Like I didn't even know I was going to say it. But I said, I'm so tired of being scared all the time. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. debit card users listen up you've worked hard for your money now it's time to make it work even harder for you with discover cashback debit everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases that's right earn on things like gas groceries and even that midday latte and to top it off there are no fees period yep that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com/cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. I'm so sick of being a weenie. And he was like, "Baby, you're not a weenie. What are you? You're so brave and you do all these things and you like and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm brave." with my work, right? I guess I'm brave when I think other people are involved, but if it's just me by myself, it's very scary to me. And I keep myself from doing stuff that other people do. My my best friend Sammy, she will jump into any body of water anywhere in the world. Like doesn't matter, let's go. She's a water baby, she lives for it. And I'm just I want that freedom. I want to do more things where I'm not so afraid. And I have this year, because this was my commitment to stop being so afraid, I've done – I went skydiving, most petrifying thing I've ever done. I have jumped – I that same day when I said I didn't want to be scared anymore, I jumped into the ocean in Cornwall on January 1st in England. I You can't even imagine how cold that water was. I have done zip lining this year. I went skiing this year. I've, I've really challenged myself. I'm doing something this week that is the most scary thing I can uh, – it's the most scary thing I've ever thought of. But basically the rule I have for myself is if I think of an idea of a way to face fear, I'm like, you have to do it. So I booked this thing on Thursday. I haven't told anybody about my boyfriend, and he's like – I'm sorry you're doing what? To challenge myself to face another fear. And I mean, who knows guys? I could this this could be the last video I make for you. I mean, am I might if I don't survive or if I like have a heart attack in the scary moment, I don't know. But yeah, it's something that I don't like about myself. And it's not necessarily keeping my world from being It's not making my life bad, but I do think it's keeping my life from being better. I want to get in the ocean with my kids. I would love to like surf. That would be so cool. But I'm, you know, the ocean plus like moving fast on a board. Anyway, all of that to say, being a weenie and being afraid is a big one for me. I've been working on it really hard this year. And I'm really so grateful that I figured out that this was something I wanted to face. And the only way that I know how to face it is to just keep doing things, running a marathon with no training, like just to keep doing things that seem scary. I'm hoping to desensitize myself to the made up stories in my head about what is actually scary. So we'll see. But that's the first thing is I don't like that. I am so scared of everything. Not everything but a lot of things. Two, the second thing that I don't like about myself, (sighs) I obsess over fixing people. I do. If I'm being really honest, I do. I actually wrote, I obsess over how to fix people. And then I crossed it out in my notebook here. And I wrote help people because I thought that sounded better. But That's not me being honest with myself. If I'm being honest with myself, what I obsess over is the belief that I know how to fix other people. It's literally what I do for a job. It's what I do. What I do for a job, I think, what I do for a job is I have problems in my life and I do a ton of research and I read books and I watch documentaries and I talk to experts and I work with doctors and whatever. And I So I try and figure out a problem and then it's like a filter. Like I feel like I take this amalgamation of all these things I learn and then I distill it and I send it out into the world. So I distill it on podcasts or in my books or I just try and keep feeding the information I'm finding, feeding it to you, feeding it to you. And so I have a ton of information in my head and I have, at the risk of sounding like a douche lord, I have helped a lot of people at conference or books or I, you know, people come up to me all the time and, or they'll, I just, I know I'm not saying I've helped everybody, but I know that I've helped a lot of people. And when I encounter in my very real life, my friends, my kids, my partner, people at work, and I know that they're going through something, I obsess over it. I obsess over just being like, I don't say it, but I'm like, like, do these three things. And I shouldn't say I don't say it because I absolutely am the friend that you call when you're fed up. When you have had enough, when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, when you really want the push, I'm the one that you call. I am not the friend that you call to just sort of sit in it with you. Um, It's so interesting. When I first met my boyfriend, like when we were just friends and we're like on a walk, he said, he's like, you know, I am the person that will sit with people in the hard stuff. I won't move you to move past it. I won't, you know, try and counsel you unless you want counseling. He's like, I will just sit with you in the hard stuff. And I thought, that is so beautiful. And that is not me at all. And I have been so blessed by his grace and his willingness to sit with me and stuff. And I like to think that he's been so blessed by my unwillingness to sit and like, here are the answers and here are the solutions. You know, there's this old saying that our greatest strength is our greatest weakness. And I think one of my greatest strengths is being able to rise up to, you know, the 50,000 foot level. It's why, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to coach really big celebrities and business people and whatever. Like, it's why I get those calls because I think I'm really good at coming up here and seeing a roadmap and, and helping you figure out a modality to get there. But it is so hard when I'm positive that some of you are going to get this. When you see a person and you're like, I know what would make it better for you. But the truth is that it is not our job ever to push our beliefs or what we think the roadmap is on that person because they are inside of their own journey and their own process. And what is like so like can make me so sad is the knowledge that like especially some of my older family members that they may pass through this lifetime and never they're never going to experience change and they're going to suffer i just uh, i was talking to an older family member a couple weeks ago and those conversation honestly i just sit I sit there and like, "Uh uh-huh, oh, wow, okay, great. And how's she doing? And it's not, there's no substance in it because everything is just complaining and they're complaining about stuff that there is a solution to. And I got off the phone and I was like really low for like an hour because I love this person. They're very important to me. But I've tried for years, I have tried and nothing works. And I I know in my heart of hearts that if someone doesn't want to make change, there's nothing we can do. And also some people aren't in a place where they're able to contemplate that. I have a, I have a really close friend who's going through a hard season right now. And oh my gosh, I'm just like, ah, I could tell you things that would help, but they're not in a place. They don't, They need the person to just like love on them and have coffee with them and be with them. They're not in a place where they're ready for solutions. And actually, it's one of my favorite things that I've learned in the last year is to ask someone, do you want, like if someone tells you and they're going through something hard, do you want a distraction or a solution? Is a really great question. I am solution oriented, but I can also be really good at distraction. And it's important for me to ask that question so I can show up as a better friend. But I will, behind the scenes, I will obsess over all the things that they could be doing or things I know would help or books that they should read. But honestly, I just have to remind myself that that is, to be a good friend is to meet someone where they're at. Yeah, so I'm I'm learning that and I'm working on it. I'm still not there. But the good news is, that some of the best podcasts I do are when I'm feeling really frustrated about not being able to help someone that I love. And then I turn it into a podcast episode. (laughs) So I'll be like fired up and talking about something. And you're like, why is this girl talking about what to do when you're retired? How would she know? I'm like, no, I'm trying to tell you what, you know, my aunt would not listen to. So in any event, um, that is something that I'm working on. And As a huge thing in life, I'm working on the process of letting go, letting go of my attachment to the outcome, letting go of how I think things are supposed to be, letting go of control over the process, letting go. That is what I'm working on. So yeah. The third thing that I don't like about myself is I feel very nervous when things are too calm or when things feel good. And I'm not even totally aware of that until retrospectively looking back. And this is a huge one for anyone who struggles with anxiety. And this has been really powerful for me to understand. If you struggle with anxiety, if you If you have dealt with anxiety, anxiety attacks, those kind of anxious thoughts, your body, your nervous system is literally wired to that feeling. So it's almost like an addiction. It's almost like a drug, like the stress hormones enter your body and it makes your body feel a certain way and you get energy, right? It's like fight or flight. There's all of these things that go along with it the biggest thing to understand is that your nervous system is wired for that anxiousness. And what I used to do back in the day is if I started to feel anxious and I didn't really know why, I would go, okay, wait, what is going on? When did I start to feel anxious? And I've talked about this in books. Like this was huge for me. And this was so helpful for me seven or eight years ago, was saying, when did I get triggered? When did I start feeling anxious? And then I could figure out what had thrown me off. It was so helpful. But recently, I realized, wait a minute, that can be super dangerous if nothing actually triggered you. Because you can search and search until you find something that's wrong with your life. It's very easy to do. Like, it's so easy. If I sat here for 90 seconds, I could come up with things that are wrong with my life. And that question, okay, when did you get triggered, taught me, I think, on some level to believe that there was always something to feel anxious about. And so I got into a really bad habit of feeling a certain way and then finding the thought that would match the feeling. traveltexas.com slash get your own. What you think is what you feel, right? If you have a thought in your head, it gives you an emotional response to it. But what's dangerous is that when our bodies get wired to a certain emotion, when they get wired to anxiousness, when they get wired to feeling low, to feeling sad, when they get wired to anger, it becomes like literally your neurological pathways, your nerves, all of those things wire to make you feel like that. And so suddenly you're having a feeling because your body's used to it. And then you're going, oh, quick, come up with a thought that matches this. And then that creates a whole wild spiral and it makes it so much worse than it was. So what I've learned to do, and it is so effing powerful, is when I start to feel anxious, which like I said, when things start to feel good, when everything's calm, I'm like, it makes me nervous because on some level I feel like the other shoes about to drop. And I know that I am not the only person who's experiencing this right now. I don't I've always had some anxiety issues, but I don't ever remember this feeling. I really think this feeling is like post-COVID. I think this is like some PTSD of for all of us of the last several years and not knowing what was gonna happen next or who might get sick or just living in that fight or flight stage for so long, I think has created this feeling that if it if life just feels calm, I'm not even saying like the high highest heights, if life just feels calm, it starts to make me feel nervous. And then I'll go, oh gosh, okay, well, um, what's wrong? And then my brain's like, well, I got you. What, you know? Where do you want to start? You want it chronologically or alphabetically? Like my brain can always supply it. So now when I start to feel those anxious emotions, those anxious feelings in my body, I'm just like, nope, no, no, bitch. We are not going to do that. We are not like I separate myself. This has been really powerful too. Separate myself from my thoughts. This is why meditation is so powerful because you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You are a human being experiencing your brain and whatever your brain is focused on in the moment. Meditation is powerful because you separate yourself from your thoughts. You don't judge them. You literally practice like letting your thoughts pass through your mind and not having an emotional response to the thoughts you're thinking. You do not have to believe every stupid thought you think. Dr. Amen, one of my favorite quotes ever. Like you don't have to believe the things you think. Just because you believe it does not mean it's true, right? Think of all the dumb stuff you used to believe when you were a little kid that you know is not true anymore. I was like really sure I was going to marry Dean Cain. Anyone else remember the new adventures of Lois and Clark? Dean Cain. That was my aspiration, guys. Later it was Matt Damon. I mean, clearly I had some some big dreams for my life. But I used to believe all kinds of stuff that I don't believe anymore. So what on earth makes you think that when a thought enters your brain that's like, you're not smart enough for this. You're not strong enough for this. You're not... What? Why are you like, oh, okay, you're probably right, thought. Why do we do that? It's because we believe that we are the thought and we're not. And this is a practice. This isn't like a light switch that you can just flip on and immediately get it forever and not have to deal with it anymore. It's something that you work on. And meditation will really, really, really help you with this. But the best advice I would give you if you feel like you do this too, like things are feel good and then you kind of will self-sabotage or you'll start to feel anxious even though nothing's going wrong is to just be aware of it and to call BS on yourself and to just accept that life is meant to be more constant. I, I heard this. When I first, one of my first jobs, I had a guy in like a cubicle, a couple of cubicles over who said this, and I've never forgotten it. There was another, uh, a girl who's also in a nearby cubicle who was always fighting with her boyfriend. They were just drama. They'd be the highest highs and lowest lows, and she'd tell us all about it. And I remember one day she wasn't there. I was young, I was like 19 or something. And he said, he was older. He said, you know, a relationship is not supposed to look like this. Now, if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm going to imagine like a heart monitor, but like where it's super erratic. Like, you know, a relationship's not supposed to be up and down. It's not supposed to be highs, highs, lowest lows. Life is not supposed to be an erratic heart monitor. Life is supposed to look like, you know, nice and steady. We got a little height here. Oh, we had a hard season. It gets a little low, but it's not supposed to be chaos. And there are so many people who are living in chaos, and when it starts to get a little bit better, they sabotage themselves or they have an anxiety attack because they believe that that was meant to be anyway. So for me, I don't like that I do this, but by holding awareness that I do this, it's really powerful in helping me to separate myself from the thought and go back to that feeling of contentment. I am so grateful. I had the most amazing experience this last weekend, and I—I I literally was crying. I, I got to go watch one of my friends. Um, he's prepping for a show, and I was watching the process. And just as a huge music nerd, I thought it was so cool. Like I just—I was sitting alone. I literally am gonna start crying telling you the story. But I was sitting alone in this arena because um, it was a, a run through. And um, it meant that, you know, there was all the workers, right? And then like the peeps at the back of the room were like making sure everything was going on. But I was literally the only person in like a 20,000 person arena. I was the only person sitting in the stands. And I was so emotional watching it because I was just like, for someone who loves music as much as I do, oh my gosh, I'm Whatever, I'm emotional. This is something I love about myself actually. For someone who loves music as much as I do, I could not believe that I was getting, like the band is insane and all of it's so amazing. And I like could not believe that I got to sit there and like, I always feel my brother with me when I'm watching music. And I just was like, I can't believe this is so special. I get these moments that are like so, like the highest highs, the coolest things. And then I get these like low lows, like life happens and whatever. But most of the time, my life is a state of contentment. It's not, I'm not chasing. I saw this study the other day that said that people who are pursuing happiness, who are like, I am going to be happy. I want happiness. That they are actually the most depressed people in the world because attaining a level of extreme happiness at all times is not real. It's not realistic. And when you try and attain it, but then you don't get there, you end up feeling depressed because you think that something's wrong. Life is is so good. It is such a blessing. It is so beautiful. But what makes life a blessing and beautiful to me is peaceful days. It's the bird chirping outside the window. It's, you know, the coffee that I got to go grab before I did this shoot for you. It's I went to bed. I'm I'm here by myself in Hawaii. My kids are with their dad. Y'all, I went to bed last night at 6:30 p.m. That is glorious. Glorious. I slept for 11 hours that doesn't happen. I'm a mom of four. That does not happen. The things that make my life beautiful are things of contentment. Life is not supposed to be highest highs, lowest lows every other day. You get beautiful moments of light and love and fun, right? But if you fall in love with peace, oh my gosh, I mean, this is the gift. And the thing I'm working on in my life right now is when it's peaceful, not believing that it's supposed to be worse. The fourth thing that I don't like about myself, but that I am working on, I'm really working on this. I have a lot of anger still about my ex. I have a lot of anger and I am working on it. I am working on releasing the anger because the anger is not going to help me. It will not make it better. It will not fix the past. It will not fix the present. It will do nothing. It's that old saying that, you know, feeling angry or bitter about someone else is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And... I, in wanting to get past this anger and wanting to release this anger, I have done so much work and so much healing and so much learning. And I do actually want to honor my anger because the anger really helped me, forced me to figure out and face things that I didn't face for a very long time and to learn truths. And frankly, I don't, I don't want to know any more truths. I'm good. I don't want to find out anything else. I really don't. I just would love, oh, I would love to just be done with that chapter. But there's still, if I'm honest, there's still like, I'm feeling really good right now. And I, you know, managing the things and doing what needs to be done but what I, I i feel like this is another area where i feel like the other shoe might drop again at any moment and that makes me feel sort of anxious and then that makes me feel angry but i want to honor my anger because my anger did help me to face a lot of things and to learn a lot of things and to really figure stuff out in a way that i hadn't ever But I want to get to a place where I can think about this person and have no emotional response. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives It's why I love a company like Thrive Market, because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. Market.com slash ThriveMarket.com slash This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. I heard recently that, oh, and I'm sorry because I can't remember where I read this from, what book I was reading, but they said to remember a past experience without emotion is wisdom. Wisdom is when you can remember a past experience that was negative without any emotion attached. And I was like, oh, I want that. I want that for me. I want that for my kids. I want that for my future. But it's still there. And I honestly did not know a world, I could not have imagined a world where I'd still be in this place after so much time. But again, the more that I learn, the more that I understand that this is part of the process. And as long as I'm moving in the right direction, I feel like I'm making strides. So that is something I don't like, but that I am working on. The fifth thing, and I I struggle to even say I don't like this, but I'm being honest and I don't like this, is that my hormones still get whacked out. I did a whole episode about this with my hormone doctor. Please go listen to it. If you are a bleeder, if you are someone that has, you got hormones in your body, (laughs) that affects the way you feel and affect your moods, please go listen to the episode I did with Dr. Brush. It's so important. It's so powerful. And she has helped me so much. Like so many things absolutely have changed in my life because I went on this journey to learn to balance my hormones. I know my body so well now. And I can feel the hormones fluctuate and change. I literally can feel it. Like from one hour to the next, I'm like, oh dang, this is, and that's great because it means that I can affect what's happening to the best of my ability. But oftentimes the harsh hormones that we feel closer to our period are the result of the past couple of weeks, not necessarily this one. So the way that you ate the supplements you did or did not take, the stress that you're feeling all affect you when you're PMSing or when you are on your period. And so that can feel really frustrating to me because I'm working so hard and I really don't like feeling like I'm moving backwards. This is, I guess, not something I don't like about myself, but definitely not my greatest quality is i'm really hard on myself if i feel like i'm backsliding i don't mind making mistakes i don't mind moving in a direction very very slowly but i hate when i feel like i am i've regressed or i've gone back to like a previous version of my oh it just drives me bonkers so the hormone thing feels frustrating cuz my hormones will be super balanced and great. And I'll just be normal. And then last month was a good example of them sort of really getting off kilter and really feeling out of balance and then suffering the effects of that. And I feel very frustrated by that. So I'm working on it, but it is something that I currently don't like. And I do, I just cannot encourage you enough to go on your own journey. If you feel like you are experiencing mood swings that are really intense, if you feel like you're having bad cramps, if you feel very low at certain times of the month, very overwhelmed, very anxious, like these are not normal ways to feel. Please hear me right now. There are things that you can do to help balance the way you feel. They're actually really simple changes that just happen with knowledge. So, if you've not listened to that episode, please go listen in. Please go do your own research. Please go read Period Power by Maisie Hill. Just please arm yourself with knowledge because this is still frustrating for me. And I've been working on it for a year. And I just know how life changing it can be for you if you make change. All right, the last one, number six. So there are only six things that I disliked about myself after sitting with it for a while. So I felt pretty proud of that. I'm sure I do other stupid stuff. I'm sure there's stuff I'm not self aware of yet that I'll uncover over the course of the next year, or the next 10 years, whatever. But this is the last thing I thought of today, and it's a doozy. The sixth thing I don't like about myself, possibly. This is, this is the thing I dislike about myself the most and that I have been working on the longest. I trust authority. I mean, can I get a witness for anyone else who was raised to be a good girl or a good boy and you were taught that if someone was older, they knew better. If someone was a boss, they knew better. If someone was a politician, they knew better. Pastor, they knew better. I have been taught this lesson by the universe over and over and over again, and I will keep learning it. And as a side note, when we are forced to learn a lesson again and again, it gets worse. Like it gets so much worse. The lessons get so much harder if we don't understand them when they happen and they keep trying to teach us things. And I have learned this so powerfully over the last two years. And I am still dealing with the ramifications of having trusted authority. And I swear to you, to me, to whatever gods are listening, I have learned Mother Earth, the island of Hawaii, whoever is listening, I have learned. I have learned that just because someone is older, just because someone is male, just because someone has a big job, has a big title, just because someone is in a position of authority does not mean they are an authority. I have given away my power so many times because number one, I trust authority. And number two, I just trust people i assume that everybody is like me and i would never tell you that i could do something if i couldn't i would never sort of put on airs and pretend to know more than i do i am the queen of like being in a meeting with 30 people and i'll be like wait sorry can someone just explain i'm i just c- can you help me understand this little point like can i just i do not care i will embarrass myself by asking real stupid questions to make sure that I understand what is being said. And I have learned to do that because, frankly, I've been screwed over by this so many times. And it's interesting because I don't listen to authority when it comes to my dreams. Uh, You maybe have heard me tell the story of my first book, every publisher turned it down. Every publisher in the Freaking United States that we could send it to was like, nope, nobody will read this. And I decided to self publish because I believed in the book and I believed in myself. And I put it out into the world, and one person told another, told another, told another. And it was word of mouth for me. That is how I got started as an author. That is how I got my first book deal. It was trusting myself instead of the authority. So I don't listen to authority when it comes to my dreams. But holy crap do I do it when it comes to other stuff, when it comes to business? I've done this a lot. When it comes to financials, I've done this a lot. And I can look back. It's a really important question. If you feel like you you have struggled with this as well, look back and ask yourself, this is why we face even the things we don't want to think about, but ask yourself, when did you know that there was a red flag? When did you feel an issue in your stomach? When did you know in your heart that something was off with this person, but you ignored it? It's my favorite question to ask my friends when they're like, they've gone through a breakup or like a business relationship went sour or whatever. I'll be like, yeah, but when did you know? And they're like, damn girl, I knew after a week, I knew after a month, I knew you know, all of these times, but we ignore that intuition and we ignore that feeling in our spirit that's telling us something's not right. And you're doing it because you're like, yeah, but they're the CEO. Well, yeah, but they're, you know, a huge Hollywood agent. Yeah, but they're my teacher, my pastor, my this, my, you know, in your heart, in your gut, if something isn't right. And it doesn't mean that you make rash decisions and you you know, burn down everything, but it means that you do go slow and you proceed with caution and you do a little bit more research and you take it into effect and you really look at all of the options and what these things mean and what it will mean for your career, your finance, your life if you agree to it. Some of the worst business decisions I have made or that have been made on my behalf by people that I trusted were getting so focused on like the sparkly dangly thing that I didn't read the fine print that I didn't look at what it would really mean that I didn't go back and align myself with what my intention is and what I'm trying to do and see okay wait but does this actually get me closer to the goal does this get me where I want to go or Is this just something fancy that people will see on social media and think I'm cool? It's one of the biggest mistakes I have made. And someday, not now, someday I'll write like a biography or a a memoir. That's what it's called. I'll write a memoir. I'll be like 60 and I'll write a memoir and then stuff's going to come out. Or maybe by that point, I'll be so evolved. I won't even care anymore. That's what I actually, I aspire to that. Hopefully by the time I'm 60... It won't even occur to me to do a memoir because I'll just be like, whatever, those people, karma, karma will get you. So those are the six things that I don't like about myself but that I am working on. And it's really powerful to do this work and to unpack and to figure it out. And I would really encourage you to focus more on feeling and how you want to show up in the world and who you want to be, not like, oh, I don't like that I'm not a size two. Cause that, who fucking cares? Sorry, who cares? But if you're like, I feel like I want more energy, I'm feeling sluggish and I want more energy, I want more focus, more clarity in my work. Yes, that is a thing that you can work on. But make sure if you decide to unpack your own limiting limitations that you do it in ways that are really helpful, not in ways that are just about shaming yourself. Also, you know, I had six. Don't think that, well, I'm gonna you know, oh, well, here's a list of 50 things that are wrong with me. Come on, you're amazing. Stop that. But doing some work to just look at the things that you don't like and how you can improve them, incredibly powerful. All right guys, thank you again for hanging out for listening to the show. If you found this helpful, I would so appreciate if you would share it with a friend, would post it on your own social media, would put it out into the world. I always think that the best kind of leader is someone who gets information and sort of shares it with other people. It's the kind of leader I try and be and I think it's the kind of leader that you're trying to be as well. So if you thought this was helpful, please share and if you like the ideas, please apply them to your own life. I will be back soon with more conversation and uh, more unpacking. And until then, I want you to remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other.